Welcome to Madcasters. You have just tuned in to the difference makers of a new generation. If you're looking for that disciplined effort to change your life, or the inspiration to make a difference in your communities and the world, Madcasters, this is the launch pad for you to go mad. What's going on, everyone? It's your host, Brian St. Louis, BSL in the building, and I am so excited to bring to you episode number six of Madcasters. I must say I'm really enjoying myself uh, being able to have these wonderful episodes that we're able to have with us every single week. Um, but the, the greatest joy is being able to have these wonderful guests who are able to to share their stories, share their journeys, and express to us a little bit more about what they do and what they're doing to make a difference in their lives and in their communities. And so today, I just want to say that we have such a special guest with us today. His name is Elroy Byam. He is uh, a friend of mine. I went to school with him back at Andrews University. He's the associate producer at Hope Channel. But today, we are going to be hearing a lot more about his new book release and every day how to rediscover yourself in your story and so today guys i just want to welcome to you today elroy byam elroy man thank you for coming on the show hey what's up bsl brian thank you so much for having me on um yeah uh, what's up world uh, my name is elroy i uh, currently work in production i've been in a faith-based uh, network for about eight years now uh, did communications uh, over in college. And so, yeah, pretty much spent most of my life, uh, in storytelling and uh, pretty much creating content. And so, uh, one of the latest bits of content, like I said, that I've created is this book and every day. And I'm really excited to uh, talk, um, with more of you about, uh, the tenets and some of the concepts within that book. So just really grateful to be here. Thank you again, Elroy. Really appreciate you being on our show today. Why don't you give us a little bit more about who you are, your journey as as a as a person, as a student, and as an accomplished writer of this wonderful book? Go ahead and and, and talk to us, brother. Man, you know it's crazy. Um, if I really have to go all the way back, I think it came back. I would have to dial it back to about kindergarten. And so, oh wow, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go all the way back to kindergarten really quick. So. Uh, I was in kindergarten and I was taking first grade math and I would uh, every day and every day I would go and take first grade math, but still take all of my classes in kindergarten. And so when the end of the first semester was done, I remember the principal came up to my mother uh, and told her, hey, um, you know, tell your son he has the option of going up to first grade uh, the next semester um, because some of the work come a little easy for me. And so I made the decision at that very young age to uh finish the rest of the school year in first grade. But I noticed something had happened. And I didn't notice that until maybe just a couple of years ago. Uh, the minute I got to first grade, all of a sudden, I kind of felt like a fish out of water. I felt like I was always trying to catch up to everybody else around me. So they look at me and be like, we're six and everybody's seven. And they, uh, you know, and then I'd get to nine, and everybody's 10. And they're like, you're nine and everybody's 10. Fast forward. And I constantly felt like I was just around uh, people that I was constantly trying to catch up uh, with, you know, and I right. felt like that's from making that one decision when I was a child. Uh, it was like I was constantly having to prove myself uh, to the community around me just for me to feel like I belonged. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, fast forward to today, even when I'm in, uh, you know, kind of corporate America now, I just say, all right, I have to put a stop to this and say, you know what? You belong. No matter how old you are, no matter what decisions you made, you belong. You have something to be able to contribute to the space. And you don't need to be pushed by anybody else's opinions or however they believe your narrative should go. And uh, one of the very first quotes in the book is from a, a strategist named Stan Slap. And it says, when you don't know what's true for you, everyone has everyone else has unusual influence. When you don't know what's true, for you, everyone else has unusual influence. And that hit me like bricks, uh, Brian, man, because I realized, man, I don't think I know what's true for me. I'm lost. I was doing what everybody had told me to do. I was joining the clubs on campus. I was, you know, uh, trying to stay as busy as possible because that's what I thought that I was supposed to be doing. But I so lost. And so I said, you know what, Elroy, you got to go on this journey and really figure out who you are. And this is the question a lot of people ask themselves, but they never really take the first step. Uh, They're always like, what's my purpose? What's my plan in life? What am I really supposed to do? And so I've always loved, uh, you know, the concept of stories and storytelling. And I've always uh, I've loved writing as well. And so I said, you know what, Um, let me begin this journey. Let me uh, begin uh, this book project and see what comes out on the other end. And so, um, yeah, here we are. You know, what's funny. I would have never assumed that you didn't know what your purpose was when I saw you in college because. You always seem like you had your head on your shoulder, man. But it's funny because you never know what people are really going through in life, man. So I'm, I'm happy you have this this real authentic conversation with us today and being able to be vulnerable and showing us this this concept. And there's something that I read in your book that really hit my attention. You wrote a phrase that says, I felt so lost and I needed to do something to rediscover who I was called to be and why I was called into being. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that discovery was in your journey? You know, for me, I think sometimes it's also about uh, being around the right people, mm-hmm. you know, like. Uh, and so, for instance, a friend of mine, uh, his name is uh, Pierre Quinn. Um, I remember uh, him going and he would go around and do uh, speaking engagements every now and again. I remember one day I went with him on a, a speaking engagement and I saw how he was sharing stories with the audience. I saw, um, you know, the impact, uh, you know, that he was able to have in, in these small micro exchanges uh, with uh, people in the audience. And so I saw that and I was like, man, when you're around people um, that are, are having impact, that are living in their gift, that are operating in their gift and aren't really uh, kind of just wasting time and, and, and going through the doldrums and everything, it, it inspires you. And so for me, I realized I was like, man, like, uh, Pierre's operating in his gift. Right. And I was like, man, I need to go figure out what my gift is. And I remember him kind of telling me, he was like, Hey, bro, write a book. And you know, that, that had always been in the back of my mind. Uh, I just didn't really know what I wanted to write about. Um, originally I thought it would have been a, in, uh, I thought I would have written about relationships mm-hmm. and then I got married and I realized I had no idea. Yeah, so let me let me put let me get some more miles, you know, right. on this marriage engine before right. I start writing in that department. <laughs> but um, I realized I could kind of write a little bit about uh, story, and mm-hmm. so um, I remember, uh, you know, from college, there were all kind of extracurriculars you could participate in, and one specific semester, uh, they had started an improv group, and uh, the instructor, the instructor, shout out uh, to Brian, another Brian, by the way. Uh, he was in, I believe, the seminary at the time, but uh, 
he started this improv group. And I remember he, he taught us a framework for storytelling called the story spine. Hmm. And this is where the title of the book actually comes from. So it's a uh, um, Pixar, I think uses it. It was created by a guy named Ken Adams, I believe who was another um, improv kind of genius, if you will, back in the nineties. Um, and the, the framework goes like this. Once upon a time there was, and every day, one day, because of that, because of that, because of that, until finally, and ever since that day. So if we were to put your podcast, if we were to put Madcasters in that story um, framework, we'd say, right. hey, once upon a time, there was a man named Brian. Uh-huh. You know, and every day, Brian wanted to make a difference um, in his community, uh, in, in, in uh, the area where he is right now, and ultimately the world. Uh, one day, Brian gets this amazing idea and says, hey, I need to go and interview individuals who are making a difference. And because of that, he starts coming up with uh, ideas and titles. And because of that, uh, he, he he gets to this, this amazing conclusion until finally he creates Madcasters. Yeah. And ever since that day, Brian has been interviewing individuals, thought leaders all around the world in terms of how they're making a difference in the world. Improv. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. You just did all of that just right there. That's it. That's the framework. That's the framework. That's the framework. And you can take that concept and apply it anywhere. You'll see it in television. Uh, you'll see it uh, in, in various books and formats. Uh, once I learned that format, I, I used to do that to make up stories um, when I was talking uh, to my well then girlfriend, now wife. Uh, back in college, yes, sir. I would make up these bedtime stories using that framework, and she mm. loved it. She ate it up, and so I was like, "Man, but this this really applies everywhere." And so, um, right. yeah, this this book dives a little bit deeper into that. Man, that's so dope. That that's amazing. Honestly, just being able to hear your vision behind the book, uh, and and seeing the way that I can tell it's going to in the individually affect positively these people in this world man because the more i keep hearing and and understanding because once again i didn't buy the book yet but i definitely will be buying this book very soon um but seeing what what you're talking about uh reading about it and through through some of your notes uh through your posts man everyone has been through something like this Someone, everyone in this world, at some ways, at some point, shape, or form, has felt lost. Has felt you know they don't know what their passion or their purpose is. They they've gone through some sort of transition period in some way, shape, or form in their lives. And I really think that this book is going to help so many people. Not even just us, like as millennials and and those in in the who who have dealt with this, but so many young people. Who are who are going to go through these issues if they haven't already? So man, man, I think this is phenomenal. I'm I'm so for it. I think it's just really amazing. But let me ask you a question: For the person who's seen the book, they're not 100 sold, but they're but they're intrigued. What can you tell the audience here? What this book will do for them? Well, to me, I mean. I can't say the book is written like a 12 step program, but if you're an alcoholic, what do they say? Like step one, I guess, admitting that you actually have a problem. And so I guess step one in this book and most people are kind of at step one, but they haven't fully openly admitted it. I had to admit for myself that I was lost. That's that's the first thing you really have to do. And when you get to that point, then you create a space or a certain level of awareness where you can say, "Okay, now that I know that I'm lost, what do I do next? 
And the reason why I say lost is because we are, our time is just going towards everybody else's narratives, everything else that is going on outside of, of our own lives. And so day in, day out, let's say you, you have a hard day at work, you come home and your mind is automatically like, tell me a story. Right. And so there goes social media. There goes the football game. Tell me a story. There goes wrestling. There goes Real Housewives of Atlanta or Real Housewives of, I don't know, Saskatchewan. You out of Canada, right? I don't know. I know it's not Saskatchewan. <laughs> West, man. Right. But, uh, you know, our minds constantly want to push ourselves away from growth. Right. And so we have tough days at work. We want to relax. Um, but in the relaxing, we push away the, the hard work that needs to be done in order for mm-hmm. us to grow. And so when you rinse, wash, repeat, days go by, weeks, months, years. And the next thing you know, a decade has gone by and you're like, oh, my God, that thing I wanted to start, that book I wanted to write, uh, you know, that that person I may have wanted to marry. I didn't go and do the work. And so for me, I had to, one, admit that I was lost Two, realize that in the whole concept of storytelling, it all follows a specific timeline. And then once I was aware of the timeline and time itself, I needed to guard that time with reckless abandon. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, I believe, chapter uh, three in the book, which is called The Day Check. It is uh, understanding that every day you are paid 1,440 minutes every day. So for me, I get paid biweekly, right? Based on my own, uh, in my own current line of work, biweekly. But we don't realize how amazing every day is when we look at the value of the time, first of all, that God has actually given us every day. Sure. 1,440 minutes, you get that signed, sealed, and delivered. And I think the question I ask myself and I ask you, I'm going to ask the rest of the listeners, what are you doing with your time? Mm. You know, I like, and you, you can go on Facebook, you go on a news feed, you go on the TL, and it's like everybody's just so upset. They are vexed. Exactly. Politics, uh, stuff happening in the church, in the right. education system. Everybody's vexed and upset. And they have every right to be. But what happens is after you get all of that out, after you, 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 after you get that off your chest, what are you doing and how much time has gone by? We always say we have no time for stuff. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, I don't, I don't have time. You'd be very surprised. And if you have an iPhone, are you an Android or iPhone person? What are Android guy? Man. Oh, come on. Oh, come on, be yourself, man. <laughs> oh, oh, I think I just lost a little bit of my arm. No, I don't think. <laughs> Anyways, so I don't know if I don't know if uh, Android does this, but um, for the iPhone, they have what's called Screen Time, yeah. and Screen Time they show you guys have it as well. Yeah, we have that. We have okay, that. cool, 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 cool. All right, all right. Yeah, it shows us everything about like how much time we spend. There you go. There you go. And so these devices keep us honest. So every time we're like, oh, I don't really have time to do this, so I don't really have time to invest in this. And I'm like, what you're doing is you're lying to yourself. Mm. You're actually creating a space where you become more and more comfortable. Honestly, just being polite with yourself and not being honest with yourself. And so being polite is like you stepping on the scale and you're just like, oh, I lost like one pound. And, you know, it's been like three weeks and it's like, no, 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 let's be real. Like, you're not you're not putting in work. You know what I mean? Like it's it's time to stop being so polite with ourselves and creating these comfortable situations where we're always comfortable all the time Hmm. um, because you don't grow in the comfort. You grow in the discomfort, you know, got to feel the strain before you feel the strength you know this um working out you, know? you got to break your body down over and over again yep. so the muscles rebuild and you're stronger than um than before and th- and that's what this book is supposed to do it's supposed to kind of break you down the understanding of like 
who you are and what you're supposed to do, what time is, valuing your time uh, and leaving, getting away from it all. And that's the hard part um, because and every day is pretty much it's culture. It's the habits and behaviors repeated over and over again that we perceive as normal. That's that's pretty much what it is. It's it's culture. And this book is a call to uh, you going through a culture change. It's pretty much saying, I am tired of how I am currently living my life. I am tired of people pushing me around. I am tired of having the same outcome every single time. And I must do something different. Hmm. And so this book is kind of a compass to kind of help guide you through your work. I love that. All right, man, you said some serious things here. Because uh, I'm going to pinpoint on one thing, especially because of the fact that, you know, Mad Cassis is focused on people who are willing to come out of their comfort zone and to do the things that they're meant to do to change not only within, but to also change within their communities. And so to to hear you talking about it in this way, it, it shows us that. Man, there are so many people out here in the world who will talk and see the problems, but are not willing to lift up a finger to really help out society. And so your book is looking to help inspire us away from just being these these, uh, lazy, in a sense, individuals. You know what I'm saying? Because we got a whole bunch of keyboard warriors, man, people who love to get mad about everything. And they're not doing anything for to, to change the world anyway. And so when I as I'm seeing your book and I'm seeing what you're trying to help change within us, it's it's in a way in which, you know, some of us have gone through a lot of stuff in our lives. And, you know, but it allows us to have gone through certain difficulties, build ourselves and and uh, make sure that the next generation doesn't have to go through the same things that we've been through. And so I, I love that. That this whole concept of rediscovering yourself, coming out of your of your comfort right. zone, strengthening yourself in this way, it, it's not only going to help right. you, but it's going to help everyone else that comes on your path. And so we're literally building a, a whole uh, set of individuals willing to be game changers, willing to be um, uh, initiators, willing to be active in our society. So we're moving from where we are to where we need to be. And I'm happy we're getting that from this book. But let me ask you a question. As you were writing it, were you feeling some sort of imposter syndrome? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you probably. All right. So, you know, so you know what that is. And and so you definitely felt that. Can you you tell us a little bit more about that experience as you were writing? A thousand thousand percent. If, If I was sitting here and was telling you that I didn't go through imposter syndrome, um, back then, and even in some cases, to be honest, right now, I would be lying to you, bro. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I think we're constantly trying to uh, live up to the idea of our best selves. But um, of course, you have um, and I, what I call the evil jury. I call that, it that mm. in the book. It's this, this group of people that you kind of have in your head. I, I don't know. It could be three, four people not okay. living in your head. But just this, these these ideas that constantly push back like you ain't good enough. You know what mm. you did. Come on, bro. You can't do this. Are you serious? And it's constantly playing over and over in your head. Just right. this idea that you can't be the person that you're, you're you're setting out to be or you can't serve um, in the way that you want to serve. And so the imposter syndrome was real for me, bro. It was so real. Um, it was just like, who am I to be entering this space of, you know, of thought? 
musicians and creatives and authors who who have um, spent countless hours dedicated to this work. And, right. you know, I had to start saying, well, who am I not? That's, you know, like, who am I not? Go. There you go. Um, everybody. And, you know, the concept of story is really, um, you know, it's starting to, to trend, if you will, because people are becoming more self-aware, more enlightened, if you will. But it's like, who am I not to show up in this space? Hmm. And, you know, I need to if I'm on assignment to be a blessing to somebody else, then I need to show up for my assignments. Right. You know I mean, I'll be honest, in college, I didn't show up for all my assignments, you know, and because of that, I mean, I may not have. <laughs> I may not have gotten the best grade because I didn't right. show up. And right. so next time around, as I'm realizing what my assignment is, I need to show up because mm-hmm. somebody else in in some other part of the world is waiting for us to show up. And if we don't show up, they don't get the best opportunity to show up as their best selves. Mm. Like, yeah, we live in a, a monkey see monkey do world. So right. we're able to do what we're doing right now because we saw somebody else kind of lay lay out the path and, and pave the way for us right you know and so we need to continue that charge so that people behind us to the side of us can see what we're doing and say oh man you know, if bsl could do it if l's could do it i could definitely do it too that's real that's real man uh, like i'm thinking about it and and as you're talking i'm like yeah you know we could have made some mistakes before in the past when we were kids or in college but yo as we're growing up man if we don't show up now, like if we don't show up now, man, we're not showing up for our families. We're not showing up for our for our kids. We're not showing up for our communities. Like there's more in stake at stake when 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 we don't show up today, and and so man, it, it causes us to have to have a reality check in in what's going on in this world, and so. Many of us, man, you, you know, some of us are, are still caught in this in this mindset where they're they're not showing up. So so as I'm hearing you, man, and hearing your story, I'm just it, it shows your growth. It shows your character as as you've grown that that we can see the the tangible evidence of of how you have not allowed the past to hold you back, but you've been able to flourish through this, man. So it's a blessing to see this in you, Elroy. And and I want to shift real quick on on this next question. Many of us go through different projects and try different things in this world, but what was the support like as you were writing your book and everything of the sort? You know what's funny, man? Uh, to be honest, and I mean, it, it may seem like a shock, but you know, I told people I was writing a book, but I kept my expectations of their support extremely low, almost nil, Very even including my own life. Um, wow. Because I knew if I started to live off of the expectations that I w- would probably almost never get the project done. Wow. And uh, and at some point, if I had a certain level of expectations, I might also meet a certain level of disappointment. And mm. so I realized, like, even within my closest circles, like I told them I was working on this book, but at the same time, uh, what I wanted them to do and the way I felt like Maybe they did invest in me, and I and I, you know I talk about angel investors later on in the book in chapter mm-hmm. six, and, and you need people to invest uh, in your story and your purpose very early on before everybody else catches on. Right. What they did was they gave me the room to operate within the space of creativity. That's so true. you know, and friends have expectations. It's like, yo, Brian, we're going here on this particular day. We're going to eat on this particular day. We're going traveling. Can you come? Are you going to show up? Right. What's good? And so with relationships come expectations. It is what it is. Exactly. We thrive off of connection. But they allowed me to disconnect and not take it personally. That's deep. And so to me, the greatest friends and the greatest people in the world 
know That's when you are in a season of extreme creativity mm-hmm. and they don't take or disconnect personally. And so I knew for this project where, you know, and I'm extrovert. I love people. You know, I love to hang around people and right. everything. But but again, I I didn't want to move at the pace of, well, what's everybody doing now? And, and all who's going to be at the barbecue? You know, sometimes that's what the right, culture right. does. You know, it, it to see um, who's going to be there and how are they behaving in order for them to know how to behave. And for me, exactly. I had to push away from all that. I was like, look, in order for me to clear my mind to get this done, I need to leave. I need to disconnect for a moment. And I realized uh, my circle or those that supported me the most gave me that space graciously um, without being offended by it. Bro, honestly, your your train of thought, your way of thinking in that is that that's some heightened leveled stuff, man, because I, I'm not going to lie. I struggle with that concept of 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 looking for support. Uh, especially from tighter circles, just because, you know, you kind of had the expectation that, you know, if you if you um, if you value me as a friend or family, you, you know, exactly. you're going to support. But, man, to, to have that kind of mentality, it helps you to just move forward no matter what's happening. Push forward, strengthen yourself. And you're not you're not focused on who's supporting or who's not supporting. You're just trying to get the job done. So man, that is such a, a a great value add um that I think I I know I need to add to my life right now, man, because someone's gonna find value in what you're doing at some point. Absolutely. Right. Like someone's gonna find value in it. Yeah, and what are we doing waiting around trying to force other people to to support what we're doing, we just got to keep working. We got to keep being hungry about the fact that our project needs to be done, whatever the case is, and, and doing what needs, uh, what needs to be done at this moment of time. Because if we focus on people sharing or people liking, whatever the case may be, we might focus on that so much and not think that what we're doing is of value. And it's crazy, man, because it'll destroy us. No, I completely know what you're saying, and I I punted that notion. I punted that early. And so I knew that right. this book, um, whatever was to happen with it was going to happen. And when I tell you zero expectations, I meant it. Like even my clo- if my closest friend never purchased a book, never read a word, a right. statement, a sentence, I wouldn't be in the least bit disappointed. Um, and only wow, because, I've, again, if I choose to live my life holding on to, again, either the opinions or the blessings of everybody else, then I can only meet Um, the expectations that, um, I hope that they have for me. And so I need to set my expectation beyond the wall, beyond the forest, because if I don't leave, if I don't stretch my net out into that space, I'm not going to grow. Right. I have, I have a plant, um, in my house. Um, I was taken care of for two years, um, before I moved. Uh, and so right when I moved, it was, it's a begonia plant right when I moved, uh, during the move, it lost a lot of petals. It, it, it lost a couple of um, stems mm-hmm. and then it never fully recovered. And I remember I kept walking the plant. I'm taking care of the plant. And I'm like, babe, why won't this plant grow? What is going on? Right. And she was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe it just needs a new home. Maybe it needs a, a, a new pot to live in. Huh. And so I was like, what? Uh, whatever. Uh, but I was like, it's been fine the entire time it was growing and it, it just moved. Why would it need a new space? So sure enough, we dug it out of its original home. We put it in a slightly larger pot, BSL. Let me tell you, within a couple of weeks 
of us transplanting or transpotting this plant, would you believe this thing starts to shoot up new stalks, Jeez. new leaves, new, and then eventually over oh, the course goodness. of maybe a month, a month and a half, new petals. And, these, and I had petals in two years, bro. When you leave the environment that you've been used to, sometimes we've been in environments for so long mm. and we call it culture. That's yep. the tough part. That's right. The, yep. the habits and behaviors that are repeated over and over again that we and every day um, perceive to be normal. That sometimes can be the very thing that holds us back. Mercy. And, and our close friends don't like to hear that. Our family doesn't True. like to hear that because they feel like True. it's an attack on them. But to be honest, it's pretty much you saying, I need to leave the nest. I need to go away. I need to find another place so mm. I can grow. And, you know, and that's what I needed to do in order for um, that's where my expectations needed to go in order for me to not feel disappointed by my community. Bro, that is deep beyond belief, man. <laughs> Dude. And and look, I, I take this to my own personal journey because when I think about uh, like my experience of, of leaving New York, going to Michigan, coming to Canada, if I went back to New York right now, I would have way too much safety nets, man. And so if I mess up or if I fail, you know, there would just be this inherent thought, well, you know, somebody's going to come save me. I got family, so they should. Right. But right now, man, it's me and my wife, and that's all we got. Mm. I, I I don't get to 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 look at someone else to try to hold on to them in order for them to try to, quote unquote, save me. We got to work through this together. And that's actually what's helped mold and strengthen our marriage so much as well, man. And coming out of our space, it took us and our relationship and all that we try to do, it takes us to another level, man. But you're telling me, yo, that's so crazy. You're telling me that you got all of that. That is from a plant. A plant. When I tell you that thing is growing as we speak, I had to put up, I had to buy like these small little dowels, these these sticks from Home Depot, just to keep it straight as it's growing up. And it's growing past the, the height of the dowel now to the point where I think I need to take it out of this, its new home again, mm. and probably just plant it right outside where it can now thrive and go and bless the rest of the world. And oh my! To do sometimes, you know, our parents, our friends, they love us so much, um, but they don't wow. realize uh, that containing us really mm. constrains us. Mm. And so it's like at the end of the day, by you containing us for the sake of your happiness, for the sake of your community, for the right. sake of your culture, sometimes you are doing the rest of the world a disservice. We know this biblically. Mary had to let Jesus go. He had to had to let move beyond the area that he grew up in in order for him to be most effective. And so that's the way I see life as well. If I stay in the same place and Hey, no offense to some people that really are, you know, lifers within their own towns. If that's what you have chosen and, and that's how you can be most effective. Hey, kudos for me. I couldn't operate that way. Same thing. I love New York born and raised in Harlem, you know, um, and I, I, I love New York, but at the end of the day, I knew that in order for me to really grow and spread my wings, I had to leave New York. Right. My my identity for so many years was caught up in New York. Every five seconds, I had to let somebody know, yo, I'm from New York. You know what I'm saying? But my, my identity, my culture was so caught up in that area that I realized sometimes the lack of it um, made me feel uh, like I didn't have an identity anymore. Right. And now I can speak confidently within my own identity, within me saying I know who I am. And it isn't just me being from New York or me saying I'm from New York, but it's me being a person that has found myself, found uh, some of my gifts 
and found spaces where I can share those gifts with people. All right. What you're telling us, man, I think is so key to our existence, to our being, to our understanding of life, because I think the more and more we understand who we truly are within ourselves is a better is the best way in which we can not only just benefit us, but benefit everyone else in the world. And so I'm able to say I am Brian St. Louis or you are Elroy Byam and you're able to conquer where you are, not just because of where you came from or who you came from, but because of who God made you and and what you can bring to this to the table. So it, it changes the shift of how we think of ourselves truly, man. And I and I just think it's going to to embellish not just ourselves, but everyone else man and I, and I think what your book is doing is is really revolutionizing the, the the way we think about us you know I mean like you said it's rediscovering your yourself through your own story but realize it's through your own story it's not through someone else's story it is it's finding yourself and understanding who you truly are to make that impact to make that imprint in in the world around us and and for people because just like that plant, it needs to go outside to give oxygen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It needs to go outside to give oxygen to people and, and, and for others to be blessed by its growth. And so some of us are, are stuck within our bubble, stuck within our comfort zone, stuck within our home or our, our community good, that, that, that we've, that we've uh, stuck within, not looking to grow, but we don't realize that the very thing that we're supposed to to give to this world, we're keeping within ourselves, and many others are not being blessed because we chose to hold this back just because we were afraid to give it out, or we didn't think that we saw the need to give it out, man. So I, so this man, I'm bro, real talk, man. As I'm looking at this book, like trust me, I'm buying it. I, like it's. It's so impactful, man, and it's so necessary for us as people to grasp this idea. But let me ask you also, what were some of the greatest downfalls or failures that you've experienced in this time? Greatest downfalls and failures. Uh, well, for me, it was just straight probably procrastination. I've had an issue with procrastination <laughs> forever, you know, like Facts. professional procrastinator. <laughs> and so my failure um, for me was just at times going weeks without writing like this was a a three-year book project so failure to me was just like uh you know just just stopping um at the word processor like just not typing anything and going along with life um just hanging out with friends again getting back into my social life but then you know my mind was like yo what are you doing like at the end of the day like you have this you have this work you have this assignment do not leave this assignment until it's done um and so one of the best things that i did uh, you know, actually, um, in order to pull me back up out of that failure, uh, to be honest, Brian was getting an accountability group and it was a group mm-hmm. with guys that I don't actually necessarily, uh, um, talk to often. Uh, what happened was there were two other guys and, um, I remember, uh, we came up with this concept. I met with one of them, uh, shout out to Kyle. I met with this guy, Kyle. I remember we, um, on one of my lunch breaks and we were like, yo, we were all trying to get certain things done. He was trying to do things with his music. Mm-hmm. Uh, this other guy was trying to things in terms of writing articles um, and posts and get posted, um, you know, uh, 
or get published in terms of his articles. And me, I was trying to finish my book. Right. And so this accountability group, what we did was that every uh, week we would uh, set up a list of things that we needed to do. So for me, it may have been a word count plus working out. Actually, I was like, all right, I got to get in a few nights of running or um, working right. out. I need to get in at least 2,500 words and we have to get it in by a specific uh, time on a specific day. If any one of us missed any one of those tasks by the deadline, we had to pay $50 to the other individuals in the group. And so there was this constant, yes, every single person in the group had to finish their tasks every week. And so that kept me honest. That woke me up out of failure uh, where it was like, all right. And to be honest, there were some weeks where I had to pay up just (laughs) because procrastination um you know and so i said no you know if i'm really going to do this i need to stick with this and uh and get through these writing prompts get through uh you know these the blocks of writing times that i had set for myself and then sure enough uh, those words started turning into pages and then chapters and the next thing i knew the manuscript was done and so for me um that pill for failure was just understanding the concept of what do you do when you what happens when you don't finish the work so that's that's for real man because you know there's been many times that i've started things and i've had to you know reevaluate or i stopped because of procrastination or doubting myself and all of that man so having that type of accountability i think really helps uh for us to to continue in what we said we were gonna do man but shoot 50 bucks man jeez yeah well that was that, so that wasn't like a subscription. It wasn't a monthly subscription. It was okay. just what we had up if we failed right. that week. So it was okay. a monetary okay. reminder that, hey, like if you're really trying to get this done, be about it or right. your, your, your wallet will feel it. <laughs> and right. so I was like, I don't want my wallet to feel that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. I ain't trying to get my wallet to feel that either, bro. And, and the crazy thing is you're actually seeing how your time and, and money is being thrown away because you literally have to give money because you weren't doing the thing you're supposed to do with your time. So you're seeing the tangible efforts or or the lack of effort, actually. Mm-hmm. Man. That's that's real. That is real, bro. This is something I might have to do myself, man, because that, that's a real accountability type thing, man. Because if you want to introduce me, man. <laughs> no, it's real. Like, so we haven't done it in a long time. We actually, uh, we love like oh we got to pick this back up again okay but to be honest like you know i and i love my friends and, and and it's no it's no like point towards them but you have to at some point surround yourself with people that are going to share dreams not memes mm. you know and so at some point you you need to be around people that are constantly pushing you and saying hey like where are you right now what right. are you trying to do let's do this like and let's right. let's continue to push each other in that space or else like i said you're just going to be wasting huge huge parts of your day check for the sake of the culture right for the sake of community sake of culture. Um, but not really getting where you want to go that's real man let me ask you man with everything that you've done you know your your schooling uh the success in your career uh you as a as an accomplished uh, author you know, there's been many things that you're doing. Um, you and you're a public speaker too, right? When I when I want to be, <laughs> <laughs> come on, man, you're a public speaker, bro. Let, let, let me ask you, man. Everything that you've done, and and what if you had like an influx of funds, and you're able to start something new or be able to try something 
um, to to help build what you already have. What would you do with those funds? Oh man, funds. Um, it's a that's a great question. How how much funds are we talking? Because you know you could have. Let's say you had like, <laughs> um, let's say you had like about. Uh, let me see. What if you had like five hundred thousand? 500,000 to do anything that you want to do at this point. What would you do if you had that 500,000 if you got next week? All right. Well, you know, I'm tithing. Um, you know, I'll take that 10% and put that toward a, big a higher spiritual cause, if you will. Um, and then after that, you know, I'm clearing clearing my name, man. Uh, you know, student loan debt. Uh, so many of us right now are facing that dragon real. of student loans. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> I'm knocking that out for myself, for my wife, uh, you know, my my blood family immediately. I want them all to start from square one. And then to be honest, this sounds crazy, but uh, I would take some money and buy some land. I look at I look at, uh, you know, U.S. and a lot of people are like they'll see the red states, the states that were red. And we're like, uh oh, if they're Democrat and, you know, it was a Republican state, they're like, nah, I'm not going there. Right. Believe it or not, I remember outliers. I'm thinking the opposite. I'm like, that's actually where a lot of opportunity is. Exactly. It may not be people that look like me, but that's where a lot of opportunity is. So I'm right. buying up acres of land. All right. Uh, you're talking Montana. Um, you're talking Idaho. You're talking even parts of Georgia. And you're starting to see a movement there of people buying real estate and land. Because once you have ownership of land, um, at some point, that's a hot commodity. People always need somewhere to live. Right. Um, outside of that, Bitcoin. I'm definitely investing in Bitcoin oh and some God. digital currency. I'm investing in stocks. I love stocks. I love the stock market. Um, I believe in a diversified portfolio the same way I believe in a diversified community of friends. That's uh, you can't always put all your eggs in one basket because what happens, same thing with friends. If you put all your eggs in, in one specific group of friends and they let you down, you're done for. But you know, for me, it's keeping a well-diversified portfolio. And then let's see. Um, yeah, would build a house on some land, probably in, in some red state. Nobody got to find me. And then I would I would uh, I would travel, uh, travel the world for a while, um, probably just meeting up with other people, different cultures, finding out what what makes them tick, what makes their worlds go round. Um, and would love to give to a lot of charities without having my name on it. man. would, you know, just would love to help to solve some problems financially, uh, you know, with certain areas around the world. People are hungry, man. Like we haven't. We don't realize it. Like, exactly. um, That's real. you know, my wife could ask, you know, every evening, Hey, what do you want to eat tonight? And right. some people are literally asking, um, am I going to eat tonight? Right. You know, and those are two different questions. And so for me, it's being very self-aware to know that I'm blessed uh, to be where I am right now, but to also, you know, as part of my own Christian values to think of, of the least of these, you know, like right. who doesn't have enough. Um, you know, I live in a, in a, in, in, in America, we, we have enough. It's been said before, we have enough, but the wealth isn't spread. It's not shared. Exactly. And so with that 500, I'm growing some of it, giving some of it away um, through donations, um, tithing some of it. And uh, yeah, I'm going to spend some of it too. <laughs> exactly, bro. That's what's up. So let me ask you a question, man. You know, you're an author, you're your husband, you're doing great in your field. Uh, you know, you're going to be on Forbes magazines or, or New York's bestseller in 2021. And, and some people could say, you know, you might be hitting close to your pinnacle of success. What are you doing right now 
to make sure that you never stay stagnant in success? Um, that's such a good question, bro. Um, honestly, I think every day I'm just waking up right now, just um, feeling again, just extremely grateful uh, to be alive. We're living in a pandemic, um, sure. as you already know. So that's the first thing. And then for me, it's, it's just getting, it's getting educated about different stories yes, happening man. in my world, you know, whether it's um, in finance, um, human interest stories, you know, uh, and one right. thing I did say I wanted to do, especially now with, uh, you know, an election season kind of being done, you know, here in America, it's like, uh, what can I do to be better invested in the stories within my local community? Um, mm. How can I be more aware of some of the problems right down the street? You know, because, um, you know, I can be a blessing to, like I said, my community first before I can be a blessing even beyond so how can I be aware of those problems? And that's something I'm right. trying to actively uh, do a little bit more every day. I like um, that. So that's reading, uh, s- smaller investments, not even just in my own, uh, you know, finances, but into, you know, some other folks' stories, but not to the point where I lose myself again. <laughs> right. You know, I think, man, this is amazing what you're doing, your mindset and how you think. Uh, and... You know, what I'm going to say, I think this is just built into your character, man. You're, just a, you're a great man. You're a great man of God. Uh, but you're invested in the people, man. Now, someone doesn't write a book like this who is not invested in seeing someone else grow. You know, it's not just about seeing yourself at, at your highest lengths, but it's also about bringing others along the path, along the way with you. And, and, and man, I, I'm blessed to to know you personally. And I'm also highly blessed to have the opportunity to be able to read this and to apply this for my life. And, and knowing that I can, I can co-sign on this book and and give it to, to my youth, give it to people who I know, who, who I know will greatly benefit from this, man. I I think, I think you're doing some amazing, uh, amazing things, man. And, and the world needs to continue to know about and every day, you know, rediscovering yourself in your own story. And I, I just think what you're doing is very beautiful, man. It's very, uh, it's it's honorable. And I think it's going to go a very long way just because it's not just focused on you, but it's focused about uplifting and building everyone else around you too. I think one of my favorite quotes in the world is don't look down on people yeah. uh, unless you're picking them up. And, and that's what you're doing, man. You're You're picking everyone up around you as well. And, and man, you know, you never know who you're helping as well, bro. You know, there are people in the shadows who are not necessarily, you know, might not necessarily, you know, always say hello or whatever. The to be honest, bro, I was one of them. <laughs> you know, like I, I saw what you were doing, man. I was rooting for you. And, and we haven't talked in a while, but but that's why, like, when I did this, I was like, man, I got to reach out to Elroy because I'm so proud. I'm so happy to see my brother doing so so amazing, man, in life and, and doing such, such something that's that's impacting lives, man. Because, you know, you're inspiring me, too, because um, not many people know, but I am working on finishing my book as well. And so to see you doing your book, it's like, yo, man, it's just making me strive to be better, to to reach out to. Because, man, it's, it's not an easy world out there, man. But we got to be willing to to see others succeed and and be happy for them while while we're still knowing we got things to do too here. Let me let me ask you, man, what what mental gems you got to, to leave us with, man, before you before we finish this episode? Um, well, I guess I'll say this in, in terms of purpose. Uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, they'll ask. 
uh, from the time we're kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and sometimes you just know, you know, the doctors, they may know the lawyers, they may know, you know, but then you have those people in the middle, that gray area. That's like, you know, I don't really have any idea. That was me. I was, I was in the gray. Um, but I realized the dangerous thing about that question is if you never hit what you say you want to be when you grow up, what does that really leave you with? Mm. How do you really feel? And I've realized the question that we really need to ask ourselves or even, uh, you know, from a very young age is not what do you want to be when you grow up, but it's how would you like to serve? Mm. Um, because when you ask that, it moves, the, it moves, uh, it moves the question from it being something that's inward to it being something that's outward. Right. So I no longer have to think about what I need to be, but I can think about how I would best like to serve. That's right. what I want to leave with wow. people. What is the impact that you want to leave with people? I love when that. When you enter their space, do you want them to laugh? Do you want them to think? Do you want to leave them more upset than, <laughs> you know, um, than, than before you walked in? That's totally up to you. But how do you want people to feel when you enter into their space? Whether yeah. that's through a podcast, whether that's through a book, whether that's through your actual presence. Right. How would you best like to serve people? How do you, would you best like to impact people? What are the footprints that you are leaving behind as you continue walking on this journey through life? That's real, bro. Those are serious, real questions. And these these are questions, too, that we have to be real about. And no one else needs to know, but we just got to be real about it to ourselves. You know, um, it, it kind of reminds me of a question that I, I I pose to a lot of my young people and people who I know is, you know, if you had the opportunity to meet someone only one time, once in your life, and and this is the only lasting impression that they'll have on you, uh, that you'll have on them, what did you want to leave them with? Did you want to leave them with joy, with peace, with with inspiration with purpose or did you leave them with with anger or or jealousy or or some sort of uh negative effect and and the the truth is man every person who we meet is gonna is gonna have that feeling you know even if it's in passing bro uh, or the few words that we leave that there there are certain things that we have to be willing to ask ourselves man uh, and I haven't really talked about my whole um, life story on this podcast, but I, I was so many things before I became a pastor uh, and, and I became so many things. But one of the things I started realizing is who I want to serve or what passions and purposes I want to mm. to focus on are, are pivotal to where I want to be and how I want to maneuver in this world. And that's why, and I, I've told people, you know, many times I have a purpose and a passion to, to love people, to care for people. And, and that has also grown to helping uh, the ne- the youth of the next generation to grow as much as they can and for me to facilitate that. And so a lot of my passions and purposes have been founded in that. And so it's not just about, oh, I have to be a pastor to do that. But I can find myself doing that in so many different ways because that's what God has instilled in me. It's not about my job or my career at this time because now it's always about what I'm doing to fulfill that purpose. And so it doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing career-wise or professionally, I'm always looking to enact that purpose because that's what's in my heart.
All right. What What do you want to leave us with us today for all those who are listening and readers of your book? Guys, well, of course, outside of just purchasing the book, whether it's one for you, one for your friends, um, just think about the power of love and, you know, and an appropriate love, if you will, and how love is such a powerful force in this world. Uh, you know, I truly believe the opposite of love is, is fear, or at least the absence mm-hmm. of love is fear. And I framed it into uh, what I call this. Uh, fear is the opposite of love. For whatever you fear, you do not love. And whatever you love, you fear the absence of. And so I want you to really, truly think about that statement and see how that can be applied. Audit yourself. Look at everything that your um, your heart is wrapped around now or everything your heart truly desires. What do you really love? What do you fear the absence of? And how can you use that um, to, to honestly find yourself, find your gifts, and better serve the world with it? Mm. That's beautiful, man. That's really beautiful. I, I just really want to thank you, Elroy, for coming on to our podcast today, man. It was really a blessing to reconnect with you, uh, but not just in reconnecting, man. Just being able to hear uh, your story, your journey, uh, the passion, your the book. It, it, this this has all been very edifying for me, and I know it's going to be very edifying for our listeners. Uh, can, can you just make sure, because I just want to make sure, man, people know exactly where they need to be to, to buy this book and every day. Uh, can you just give us a little bit more details on the book and just anything that we need to know uh, to purchase it? Uh, just, yeah, go ahead and give us that information. Sure, man. Appreciate that. Um, and every day, how to rediscover yourself in your story is available on Amazon.com. Just type in and every day. And um, my first name, my last name, Elroy Byam, and you'll see it pop up there. Uh, it is available on paperback and uh, Kindle. And um, if you do want a signed uh, version, you can reach out to me, um, I believe, at elroy.biam at gmail.com, and we can set something up there. But um, outside of that, uh, shout out. Um, appreciate uh, your listening community, and I um, really appreciate you having me on, man. Everyone, that was Elroy Byam. And, man, we have been blessed. We're very happy to have had you on. Uh, all the links to to your book will be on our show notes and through all our social medias as well. So please take the time to purchase this book and 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 purchase it for a friend. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to buy two. I'm going to buy one for me and one for someone else because I think this book is not just a book for us to keep for ourselves, but it's in order to edify and to grow our communities and our world around us. So thank you so much again, Elroy, man. I really appreciate you coming on to the Madcasters where we're making a difference because you are truly making a difference, my brother. Thanks, man. Blessings to you and the fam. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Madcasters. Please leave a positive review on the show if you like today's episode and be sure to follow us on Madcasters at Instagram and also Madcasters on Facebook, where you'll be able to get updates, surveys, and many more surprises. Please go to madcasters.com where you'll be able to access the shows, blogs, and book reviews. Also, spotlights of organizations that you can support and donate to as well. And if you would like to support Madcasters even more, please go to our Patreon page. It's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Madcasters. 
I'll be giving out a free book monthly to one of our Patreon supporters as well. And there are many more surprises to come for all those who are Patreon supporters. This is the end of our episode, but this is not the last. I promise you, Madcasters, we are about to have a blast. But don't forget, Madcasters, this is the launch pad for you to go mad.